Hudson extends their lead in the Hama to two games and holds the tiebreaker over second-place Paris and Pyramid of Touchdowns. While over in the Dixon, a hot privateer squad has evened up their record with the Busters, with the Busters holding a tiebreaker advantage. If the privateers are hot, then the surging teal ninjas are red hot hot. Winners of five in a row, putting them in contention for the division. And in our upset special, the R's beat the D's by rule technicalities, but we won't talk about that other than Gary was right. The only time he's been right all season long. Live from the MSNBC Preparation H Virtual Studios, it's the What's On Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Sports Desk. <laughs> Preparation H. <laughs> nice. I'm not implying anything. No. No. No, not at all. Preparation H and Pepto Bismol in the same in the same outing. That's a bad day. Mm. <laughs> That's that's not how you want to line your margarita glass. I think there was a lot of consumption of Pepto Bismol last Tuesday, and then a lot of Preparation H on Wednesday. <laughs> so it's been two weeks since we uh, we spoke to everybody. We we did not have a show last week. Hey, the Cubs won. Cubs won the World Series. Go Cubs, go! It's inexorable run towards the center of the sun. Uh, it's been an honor sharing the planet with all of you. <laughs> Hell froze over multiple times for a lot of people in the last couple weeks. Yeah, uh, 2016, man. I'm, I'm, I've given up trying to figure it out. I know there's only a few weeks left, but I'm done. I know there's a lot of people that are down on 2016, but I think the Cubs fans are still pretty high the on Cubs it. Cubs fans are still drinking. They're not hungover. They're still drinking. Uh, they should savor this for as long as it takes. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to contend for a couple more years, sure. But there's, like they say, there's nothing like your first. We'll kind of give Week 9 a pass because it's Week 9. I'm sure we'll, we'll get to some of the, the fallout from it. But let's take a look back at Week 10. The Week oh that was in the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League. All right. We'll, we'll start this one off with the, uh, with the clunker. This was a, a week of tight games. Sir Mix-a-Lot is on vacation. The Charlottesville Keel Hall still took the time to put a drubbing on uh, Rock Mastrangelo and the Long Island RHPs. 85-59. Come on, Rock. Come on, man! Hope <laughs> <laughs> for the first-round draft pick, Gary? <laughs> what, what, what was, what's terrible about it is, is that, uh, again, the RHPs threw out 59. Marcus Mariota had 35. Cam Chancellor had a nice week with 10. There was nothing else going on. Packers defense, that might be a season low, negative five out of the Packers defense. But when you throw up uh, 47 to the Titans, yeah, negative five is probably being generous. They did worse than the three of us. Almost a full touchdown worse. I mean, Rock would have been better just not to start a defense. Yeah, bench the D. Nick Fulton, uh, negative one out of the kicker spot. That's not quite as weird. Uh, no help on the bench, so he... The sad thing is he played his best roster pretty much and uh, and got 59 points out of it. Charlottesville had crab legs for 21, 15 out of Devontae Adams, 10 out of Doug Martin, and just, you know, an okay showing. 85 points is nothing to write home about, but it's enough to kick the tail end of the RHPs. Come on, man. Come on, man! Did Uffman actually log in this week? I don't know. He didn't start anybody on a buy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give him benefit of the doubt. I know Rock actually logs in, so that's why I feel sorry for yeah. Rock. At three and seven, I feel your pain. Yeah. Speaking of three and seven, Dark Lodia red hot as the Tom Brady f- revenge tour rolls on. 101 85. 
over the freshly rechristened Fort Wadsworth Warriors, all capital W's. So three wins, you're, you're just going to put it all back, huh? Hey, it's really not the Tom Brady tour that won this game for him. It was the Doug Baldwin parade to the end zone that won this game. Very true. Three three touchdowns for Doug Baldwin, 23 points leading the way for Darklonia. Only nine out of Tom Brady on the tour, uh, which is almost comical. 17 for Des Bryant, 18 for Tyrell Williams out of San Diego. Yeah, because everybody had that happening. And 16 he's for the Ravens. He's having a good year. I mean, that's his best output, but he's got, I mean, he's yeah. got several double-digit games. He's having a good year. He's also having... He's kind of a feast or famine guy in that it's either double digits or it's two or three. He's kind of one of those guys. Uh, I got bit by that a little bit this week with uh, managing the Tacos roster. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Fort Wadsworth had 27 out of DeMarco Murray, 16 out of Trevor Simeon. So that's where he went, and uh, not much out of anybody else. I really wanted Flacco, and the way that the rules are for the waiver, he wasn't going to be available to be picked up until after the Thursday game, and I really wanted him. And I kind of rolled the dice on Trevor, but the buy of Derek Carr really, really hurt me. Yeah. Trevor Simeon, for 16 points out of him, isn't a bad week, speaking from experience. Yeah, but it doesn't help when he had, what, three interceptions that game and a couple fumbles. Yeah, he's, he's, he's certainly not carrying the way to, to victory. I remember earlier in the season you were saying that he was a horrible fantasy quarterback, but he doesn't have a lot of turnovers. Well, he had a season's worth in this particular game. Yeah, they, they came to roost on that one. He's actually he's been putting up better points the last few weeks. He had that one big week back against Cincinnati, because I think everybody does that to Cincinnati this year. But he hasn't done a whole lot, including missed some time to injury. Somehow Denver keeps winning ball games. but enough of the Trevor Simeon show. Moving forward, Mishawaka pulls even at 5-5, five and five, tough, dealing a tough loss to Debbie and the Paris Nanomites, 113.5 to 107. Not that I have an alter- ulterior motive, but go Blue Lasers! <laughs> That's a big one. That gives Jamie a two-game lead in the Hama. Plus a tiebreaker over first and second place, so it's almost like a three-game lead. Yeah. He's getting to the neighborhood where he's going to lock this up pretty soon. And you can rest your players, Jamie. <laughs> They've been resting all season. You know, I had a good week this week, but uh, I'm going to tell you, the Blue Lasers are not out of this yet. They're only two out, but they have had a lot of bad breaks, and they are a really high-scoring team. Two, They're not two, out of this yet. Two games plus a tiebreaker means that uh, Jamie's got one of those Hillary leads. <laughs> I think there's no random fake polling issues here, so I think I think it's a pretty scientific here. <laughs> pretty solid. The, the Russians are doing their best to get Jamie the division. <laughs> oh, now here we go. Here we go. Let me break up the Russian hacking the election accusation here, but Cameron Brate really is starting to come to play for Tampa Bay, and that's quite a fine for those guys to pick him up. You know, if I could pick up 14 points a game from that dude, I'd have him in my lineup too. Yeah, that, it is a nice find out of the tight end spot. Not a big scoring spot for anybody this year. Tell me about this it. This was actually a pretty good tight end game. Cameron Brate had 14. Paris had 12 out of Antonio Gates, who I believe is 46 years young this week. 25 out of Drew Brees, 24 out of LeGarrette Blunt, who got back on track. A 14 out of Bray, 12 for A.J. Green against the Giants, uh, 11 for new Cleveland linebacker Jamie Collins. Uh, just a, a good all-around scoring week. Even Chandler Catanzaro uh, managed to, to kick all his chippies and get 11 points. Tell you what, Antonio Gates is so old, he was around when they founded the Electoral College. Paris, uh, good, again, good week there. 107 is going to win you most weeks in this league. 16 out of ODB. 
14 out of Carson Palmer, 12 out of Gates, like we said, 10 out of Jeremy Hill, 10 out of Craig Robertson. I'm going to highlight one here for Deb. Deb had this game if it wasn't for the Seattle Seahawks just allowing LeGarrette Blount to just walk in the end zone. True. Ironically, he could have done it a fourth time, but they decided to play sneaky about it. Yeah. And where does that get you? Nowhere. It was amazing how many parallels that game had to the Super Bowl game. Very true. Uh, only this time, the forces of evil did not win. <laughs> it's true. Sure. Because <laughs> I'm really starting to not like Seattle. Yeah, I'll be honest. I like Seattle better than I like Seattle fans. Because that bandwagon just has not slowed down. I'm not I, I don't a fan care. of Russell Wilson. I don't care for Pete Carroll. I don't really care for Russell Wilson either, because there's just something about him that doesn't seem genuine, but I really like Richard Sherman. I love the Legion of Boom. He's a funny dude. Richard Sherman, Earl Watson, Cam Chancellor, What's on Joe Biden, Hall of Famer, Bobby Wagner coming into his yeah, own. don't forget Bobby Wagner. Hey, Seattle didn't. They paid up for him, uh, and, and he hadn't really shown him much yet, and he's responded by becoming an all-pro. We give a lot of fun love to Bobby Wagner on this program, but Bobby Wagner is legit. Moving forward, we got our upset of the week. Uh, the New England Tacos, 91 and a half over the division-leading Chuck Busters. Wow. My attempt at football-related comedy is, is coming to fruition because I just, I really had to take advantage of the opportunity to put Eli Manning on. I'm about to say, look at you homing out with Eli. But that was, and again, normally I wouldn't have cared, but I looked at it, I was like, I, I could put this guy on Justin Bell's fantasy football team. I think that's going to work. Uh, 21 points for Eli last week, uh, 24 for Le'Veon Bell, 10 for Matt Forte. Not much else going on. Meanwhile, for, for the Chuck Busters, uh, 28 out of Aaron Rodgers. And much like the rest of the real Packers, not a lot else going on. 14 out of Christian Kirksey, the Cleveland linebacker. But Cleveland linebackers are a good investment because they're on the field an awful lot. <laughs> hey, I think I told you guys a couple weeks ago, the Chuck Busters have been on a roll since about a year ago this time. Really, the roll started about last October. I believe their record was something like 13-3, and three, something like that, including the playoffs. As I'm looking at this lineup, I don't see how he's going to keep that pace up. Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to be his normal self. Spencer Ware's hit and miss. Randall Cobb always seems to be injured. Jordan Reed always seems to be injured. Jordan Howard, now there's a guy he can probably bank on. And I don't even think he could really bank on this Vikings defense to deliver you a lot of points because I think some teams have started the biggest amount. That pass rush is kind of slowed down. And I mean, the last three weeks combined seven points out of that Minnesota defense. So that juggernaut's over. But there's some teams on a roll over on uh, in that division. So, I mean, he I mean, this certainly could uh, end up being a, a season for not. So It's not over in that division by a long shot. Yeah, the Vikings quit scoring, which which put a lot more puts a lot more you know, pressure on that defense to stay on the field longer and, and give up points longer. Are they coming to get you, Mike? Yeah, you'd think. My God. <laughs> what I get for having the windows open, you know? More disgruntled voters in your area? That must be. <laughs> Funny story, I'll, I'll save it for the main show, I guess, but uh, a couple of weekends ago, I actually I was going out to, to meet Draper for, for lunch on one, a couple Sundays ago, and uh, I, I wound up being 20 minutes late because I have, kept having to drive past impromptu political rallies. So I was just, I, like, I was pissed off at everyone that day. It was it was terrible. But that Vikings defense, they, they just, they, they haven't played poorly, but they're just not the, the force of nature that they were the first six weeks of the season. I think the Tacos just kind of lucked into catching the Chuck Busters on, on the right week. Uh, 91 and a half points out of the Tacos is something of a record this season. 
<laughs> Moving forward, huge game for the Springfield Teal Ninjas. Pulling themselves up to 6-4 and four over the now 6-4 and four pyramid of touchdowns, 105-99. Now, these guys started 1-4. and four. Yeah. They were right down there in the gutter with me. That's why I had hope going into this week, much like Hillary, but unlike Hillary, I'm willing to concede. The Springfield Till Ninjas were 1-4 and four at one point. They are now 6-4 and four and hot as hell. Yeah, really, they weren't playing poorly at 1-4 and four even. They were just finding all those teams that had the hot week. It was really a tough go for, for Tommy Fauntleroy's boys early on. That ship always seems to right itself if you got a good roster, and he's got a good roster. Matt Ryan has been there all season. Uh, kind of a low week for him this week with only 13, but everybody on this roster gets double digits. Julio Jones with 14. Delaney Walker with 18 actually leading the way out of the tight end spot. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, 13 points uh, before his injury against San Francisco. Uh, 12 for Kiko Alonso out of the one of the defensive spots. 12 for Cairo Santos out of the kicker spot. So just everybody's good for offense on that club. Pyramid of touchdowns, that's that's not a bad week with 99 points. Again, that'll do it most weeks. They're on the deck. Prescott train, 18 out of Jordy Nelson, 13 out of Vontez Perfect, who was all over the field against the Giants, and 11 for the Broncos defense again making a late surge for most valuable player in this league the entire defense yeah, pretty much man i mean explain the denver broncos to me well they play defense they they stop you from passing the football by beating up your quarterback and picking off his passes that's all you can say about the broncos this year they have not much else going on interesting is interesting play at this point in uh holding on to robo on the bench I, I mean, we don't Prescott, do the. It's, a, it's an interesting move. Um, we don't. We don't do the team quarterback stats, do we? <laughs> no, no, we don't. We don't do that. I had that option, but I decided against it. He might just be able to cut him and then free up a roster spot for somebody else. Even if he was available, I don't even think I want to take him for at least a couple weeks after he played, just so he can get into the pace of the NFL. It's not a terrible play. It's just simply, it's interesting. Josh you know, Morgan knows something. But you know, on the other side, Tyler Eifert's back for the Springfield Field Ninjas, so you know that's another guy that he had on the bench this week. He might be in a position to flex out two tight ends. But more importantly, next week, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, bye week. That's important, maybe just to me. <laughs> you got the, you got the Teal Ninjas this week. Yes, sir. Here you go. Here's Jamie Johnson, the luckiest bastard in fantasy football. Hey, Tommy, uh, Trevor Simeon's available. No, he, I, ironically, I tried to block, Kirk Cousins was on the waiver wire. I, I claimed him just so he wouldn't get him, but he did get him. Did you claim block somebody? I tried, but it didn't work out because he had a better, because I'm number one, so he got him anyway. But I was like, maybe he's not paying attention. I'll get Kirk Cousins this week just so he, he's stuck with a crap quarterback. <laughs> strategy in the What's On Joe Maya Fantasy Football League. It's such as it is. Speaking of, of uh, tasteless concepts, Zach Hoffman and the Seattle Dreadnoughts are going streaking! They want one start the season winning four in a row, then they lose four in a row, now they're winning two in a row uh, with a one-point nudge over the Las Vegas Robo Skull Effers. Uh, the wheels have come off of Chris McLeod's inaugural season. He's at 3-6-1, and one, whereas uh, Zach keeps hope alive at 6-4. and four. Get 97-96. Cam Newton comes up big for him, 24 points. Steven Hauschka decided to not go to overtime this week. Uh, 14 points for him. <laughs> 13 points for the Texans 
Texans defense somehow in a three-point win over Jacksonville. Explain that to me, somebody. Oh, yeah, turnovers. Turnovers everywhere. Rashard Matthews with 12. Ryan Shazier, the Pittsburgh linebacker, with 11. Defense scores in this league. Uh, meanwhile, Chris McLeod, uh, a good showing. 96 points will do it most weeks. Antonio Brown, 21. Uh, Philip Rivers with 19. Brandon Cooks with 15. And then Martellus Bennett with 10. Hey, Mike, is that the Tom Brady you train coming? That is not, because that, that train is in the station. <laughs> that train is filming Foot Locker commercials. <laughs> Which is pretty brilliant, by the way. You gotta, I've you heard about it, Locker. yeah. Big ups to the Foot Locker commercial. But uh, we'll, we'll have to get uh, Chris McLeod on at some point before the season's over just to talk to him about his experiences doing this for the first time. Even though playing fantasy football does not, as he mistakenly believed, help you get your green card. <laughs> that's you know, that's but, uh, terrible. But for Chris McLeod, anyone on the bench if he had played him over John Brown winner yep yep that's how you know it's just one of those weeks in the other i got hosed department game oregon outpost 788 outlasts the horror show 104 and a half to 101 tough loss for the two and eight horror show although that uh, means that the tacos are no longer in the cellar league wide no longer in the hunt for debacious hotland is that is that what we replaced there i don't remember i i don't know we'll have to look at it again <laughs> Is it D-Base's Bowling Alley Hot Wings? Because he lost that one, remember? Yeah, that's right. He did. But that was kind of a crap challenge. It was a crap challenge. Moving on. Oregon Outpost 788, 104.5. Uh, David Johnson leading the way with 22. Blake Bortles with 21, somehow. 12 points out of Steve Smith in Baltimore. 10 out of Kenny Britt. 13 for the Chiefs defense. They're coming on strong. What's the Chiefs defense done for us lately? 13, 9, 12, 9, and 10 since their bye week in, in week 5. Not beating the world, but certainly helping out. Meanwhile, the horror show with 101. Again, good showing. 24 out of the Buccaneers defense. Go Bears. <laughs> uh, 16 out of... Cutty got you. Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler got you. Little Cutty love. That's 24 points after two consecutive negative point weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Little Cutty love. I rushed out and got the defense opposite him. I got the Giants against him this week, so all right. Two picks, two fumble recoveries, and a touchdown. Nothing cures your defensive ills quite like cutting. 16 out of Stephon Diggs, as we said. Uh, 12 out of Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, as the Giants did a pretty good job on him. 11 for Luke Keekley, Jarrell Freeman. Yeah, 22 out of the defensive players. Not bad. Denver kicker Brandon McManus making the difference in New Orleans there by not getting his extra points blocked. Anyways, uh, 101 in the loss. That's going to that's gonna win you most weeks, Jamie Creech. Tough luck, buddy. Uh, any love on the bench? Oh, yes, yes there is! Demarius Thomas in there instead of Cole Beasley, and that's an easy win for the horror show. Don't know what you're thinking there, buddy. I'm going to question that maneuver there. Yeah. I'm, just, you know, I'm not being mean. I'm just, I don't But Demarius Thomas has been very consistent. He's had a couple down games, but he's pretty much a threat, against, specifically against that New Orleans defense. And you can't blame that on a bye because Cole was on a bye the week prior, so he had to put him in the lineup. Yeah. I mean, Cole Beasley is, is a flex play at best. He doesn't get in the end zone. He doesn't get yards after the catch. This is a guy who, uh, looking at his production, he had 11 last week. Uh, and he had one week, uh, week six, he had 17. But 11's his high otherwise. So If this was a PPR league, you'd probably want him. Because at one point, he was leading the league in receptions. 
but this is not how we score in this league. You need touchdowns, and you need lots of yards. Yeah. Cole's not that guy. I like him. He's a scrappy player. I'd put him on my team if I was coaching a team, but this is fantasy football. I don't want him on my team. Yeah, yeah. You love him as a football player. You hate him as a fantasy football player. And I love the Tide commercial he did for him last year. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. But uh, you want to talk about anchors. Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's a first-round pick, and he continues to stink up the joint. Uh, only six points uh, after six points last week. He had a, a great week in week three against the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with 20, uh, and otherwise has not really put up those feature-back numbers. Your stat of the week right here, he hasn't had over 100 yards all season long. 85 yards week three yeah. is the most he's had. Against the Buccaneers. He's had the carries. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Everybody uh, is putting nine guys in the box saying, hey, beat us with Case Keenum. And uh, they can't because he's Case Keenum. So, uh, yeah, but Jeff Fisher's doing a great job. And uh, last but certainly not least, uh, we we get to, as uh, Gary gave in in the intro, Tyler Hudson to chase, 114 and a half over the Buffalo Wild Bills, 93. Buffalo had a beast on on the field in Ezekiel Elliott, 38 points. That was a great game. I'm no Cowboys fan. I'm no Steelers fan, but that was some darn entertaining football. So 38 points out of Ezekiel Elliott, but uh, not a whole lot of help anywhere else. Melvin Gordon, Gary's favorite player, had 13 in the flex spot. Carson Wentz only eight points out of the quarterback spot. Nobody else in double figures on the team. Kind of a miracle he got to 93. But uh, Jamie's guys came to play. 34 out of Big Ben. Uh, takes takes a lot of the wind out of Elliott Sales. 18 out of Allen Robertson uh, in, the, in the Jacksonville loss somehow. A 14 out of Alec Ogletree from the, the linebacker spot. Best part of the Rams is that defense. Nine and a half out of Will Compton uh, from Washington in the other linebacker spot. Uh, so again, defense wins championships. As, as Jamie's been showing us all season long. Not a whole lot of other points there, but it somehow added up to 114 and a half. Now he needed every single one of them because there was nothing on the pitch. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, you had Jets on your bench, so that, that's, for the, that's a smart play, benching all your Jets last week. I was forced with the Roethlisberger injury and everyone else having a bye, I was forced to start Fitzpatrick like the game this season. Yeah. Now, he didn't even play this past week. It was Bryce Petty. Yep. Yeah, good so. job. Good job, Jets. Way to set yourself up to win there. You got four quarterbacks on the roster, and they all stink. Chuck's got to do something about Alshon Jeffrey here. He's gone for four weeks. He's the number one receiver on a mediocre team, but still, he's your number one receiver that's going to get some looks. No more. You can't rely on him for another four weeks. That's a tough vacation to take in a contract here there, Alshon. Dumbass. Yeah. Let's uh, pull up the standings for your up up to the minute week ten brouhaha. Looking at the Hama, Tyler Hudson and Jason eight and two. As we said before, two games up plus a tiebreaker over both second place teams. Debbie Gotso's Paris Dynamites, Josh Morgan's Pyramid of Touchdowns at six and four. Josh is a late surger. He's been in the last two seasons. He surged late. Debbie traditionally falls off the pace late. So it's going to be interesting to see here what comes out of those top three positions. You don't trust Jamie's lead, do you? Gary has more points than I do. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> He's right. Fantasy football defense win, but at some point, that's got to all stop. We're running out of bye weeks. Roethlisberger being back healthy, and that 
Pittsburgh team needing a bunch of wins is basically my only saving grace down the stretch here. My team is beast or famine. I mean, I've been the leading scorer a couple weeks. and I've been the third and fourth lowest teams here. But basically, I'm, I'm here because I catch everybody on a crap week. And next week again, comes up in my favorite Julio Jones, Matt Ryan on the bench. Our team's fantasy football expert sucks. That's what we're proving two years in a row. <laughs> Morgan Alpha 788 at 5 and 5. Charlottesville Keelhalls being respectable this year at 5 and 5. Chris McLeod's Las Vegas Robo Skull efforts 3 6 and 1. Look out, man. Tacos are coming. Fort Wadsworth Warriors at 3 and 7. And the Tacos at 2 7 and 1. Justin Bell hasn't logged in since I think the third day the league was active pre draft. Looking at the Dixon, Chuck Busters, and Darklonia Privateers. It's Ty Sams and Brian Greenwood. Both at 7-3, Chuck Busters with the tiebreaker right now. Springfield Teal Ninjas and the Seattle Dreadnoughts are second at 6-4. Mishawaka and Buffalo at 5-5. Five five. Strong teams, but man, there's just a lot of traffic to get through to, to get to the top of that division. The RHPs check in at 3-7, and seven, uh, which in and of itself is a small victory. And uh, the Horror Show drops to 2-8, and eight, the league's worst record. Again. I'm with you, Rock. I feel your pain, man. Hey, he's picked himself up off the mat. He's not in the cellar anymore. They were they started off what, 0 and 6? Yeah. So three and seven? Okay. Leading the way for the Kavanaugh, which again is the, the most points scored in a season. Looking down the list here. Still Debbie. Yeah, still Debbie. 1096, uh, just ahead of the Springfield Teal Ninjas. 1084. Oh, and the Blue Lasers at 1080. I'm telling you, Blue Lasers still might win the division. Not out of it yet. It's the Nanomites at 1096, Teal Ninjas at 1084, and then four points behind are the Blue Lasers at 1080. And not too far behind them and the Chuck Busters at 1071. Hey, there you go, Jamie picking a fifth-place team to win the division. You heard it here first, folks. <sighs> Next week. Next week. <laughs> yeah, this is the podcast you wanted to trust with political predictions. Listen to Gary. Don't listen to Jamie. I called my shot. I called it as it happened. You called your shot. It was pretty much spot on. I have to tip my cap to you there. As a as a student of politics, that was an impressive call. Thank you. Looking forward to, to week 11. Tacos in Buffalo, 2-7-1 against 5-5 five and five in a kind of a meaningless game. Yeah. A pyramid of touchdowns, 6-4. and four, Visit the horror show, 2-8. and eight. Yeah. Uh, Josh Morgan gets a chance to, to keep pace. Uh, Tyler Hudson and Jace gets the Springfield Teal Ninjas, as, as we've already covered. Uh, just in time for all those meaningful bye weeks. <laughs> game of the week here. I'm going to be watching this one. Yeah, that is our, our game of the week. Robo Skull efforts at 3-6-1. Visit the Chuckbusters at 7-3. Uh, Chuckbusters get the chance to reestablish command. Uh, Fort Wadsworth in Seattle to take on the Dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts need that one to keep pace. Paris Nanomites against Darklonia. Another big game. 6-4 and four against 7-3. and three cross divisions there. Debbie needs that one pretty desperately, and that's a tough opponent to see here. Charlottesville in Mishawaka, two teams at 5-5. Five and five. Charlottesville going nowhere fast. Mishawaka, Jamie says, will win the division. <laughs> Oregon Outpost 788 visits Long Island 5-5 five and five against 3-7. and seven. Aaron Rayfield gets to beat up Rock Mastrangelo. <laughs> We're sorry, Rock. Well, Rock got some Viagra and went from the LSPs to the RHP. Yeah, I mean, so, thank God. Thank there you go, God. There's there you go. Some, some form of respect has been returned. He has a chance to finish 500. Good on you, Rock Mastrangelo. Thank you for logging in and not quitting. Come on, Rock. Make your team great again. So, moving forward, we're going to take a moment here. Rather than look at the league in Week 12, because 
I'm going to change up our question at the end of the show a little bit. What is the most over overplayed, tired phrase that you have heard on television sports this season? Jamie Johnson. Oh, man, I was going to let Gary go first since Gary he seems to be on it. Overplayed. Most used. Overused. Overused. The one that you just can't even hear anymore. Um... Nah, I pass. <laughs> Man, there we go. We sell your prognosticating skills, and this is what you bring us. Hey, I didn't go to school for overused sportsisms on TV. I went to school for political science. I called my shot with my strength. I went to school for overused sports colloquialisms. Jamie Johnson. Um, I'm a little tired of hearing about the NFL TV ratings. Just play the games and let's move on. It'll figure itself out. And then on the other side, the quarterback play in the NFL is just, it's not spectacular right now. Man, these guys trying to oversell me on some of these young guys, and I know they're having good seasons or whatever, but man, in this pass-happy whatever league, there's just guys that are not ripped. We're just not going to see, you know, Dak Prescott's having a really nice season, but he's got 14 touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I was getting ready to ask you. What do you think of Dak? He's nice, but... Is he a step above a game manager, or he's just been kind of managing the game and getting lucky? I mean, he'll get there. He's got the strong arm. I mean, Tom Brady's first go-round was a, a game He manager. was absolutely a game manager. But talking to me about Dak Prescott being an MVP candidate... And he has 14 touchdowns. I mean, I, I like him. It's been a great season, but that offensive line and Ezekiel Elliott are carrying that team, and he's making the throws and not turning the ball over, but he's not driving that offense. The uh, Cowboys' schedule is, right now, the combined record of the teams they played is in the .386 neighborhood, I think is what I read. So it's definitely under 400. So they said they've been playing a weak schedule. I believe it was 27-42-1. All I can say there is you can only play the cards that are dealt to you, and they are winning. It is the NFL. First place in this NFC East is nothing to sneeze at. It could be a whole lot worse for the Cowboys. Yeah, he's played a lot better the last four or five weeks. Uh, he, he was very much a game manager out of the gate. He's gotten better as he's gotten along, and I think that's what's getting people impressed. Des, Des Bryant helps that. Yes, yes, he does. He didn't have Des Bryant for a couple weeks. I mean, he had to rely on Cole Beasley, Williams, and... I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just people, like, I mean, I've just heard the media like, yeah, he's one of the new guys. He's, yeah. you know, he's looking even at MVP, and I'm like, what? I mean, 14 touchdowns this far yeah, into the season is not... The MVP talk, I think, is a little, a little overboard. He'll get some consideration and some votes, but I don't think he'll be the MVP. No. Yeah, he, he's a down-ballot guy. He's, he's at best, the third-best player on his offense. My phrase that I am just tired of hearing is the phrase, arm talent. Are you kidding me? Arm talent? What happened to just saying a guy has a good throwing arm? we got to go arm talent. Well, he can make all the throws, and he can throw it really deep. He's, he's, considerable, he's got considerable arm talent. What does this mean? Like, does his arm just juggle on its own when he's on the sideline? I mean, are we doing card tricks without looking? Arm talent. Are you kidding me with arm talent? Just say a guy has a good arm and leave me the hell alone. Or just has talent or no talent. Yeah, God forbid. But no, we gotta have arm talent. Last time somebody complimented my arm talent. Well, we won't get into that. It's uh... (laughs) a... Did Tebow have good arm talent? I don't think he did. (laughs) I think that was his problem. There was no arm talent there. And they say that a lot about those really religious guys. It's been a while since we mentioned Tebow. Tebow! 
Mets outfielder Tim Tebow? Yes. Shout out to Jeff Timmons on that one. Mets outfielder Tim. <laughs> so, uh, gentlemen, anything else you want to rant about before I go crazy on arm talent? That's a that's a euphemism right there, isn't it? Yes, it is, sir. <laughs> Mike and the RHPs later tonight. Yes, the RHPs have some strong arm talent. Yeah, baby. Nothing? No. No, I think, right. I think we've covered wow. all the topics. We got it all. We talked legitimate football. We talked fantasy football. And we talked arm talent. That's it. That's all the show needs. So uh, on behalf of my co-host, Gary Gotso, Jamie Johnson, uh, my name is Mike Irizarry. Thanks again for listening to the What's on Joe Mind Fantasy Football League Week in Review, where you can beat Justin just by logging in. Good night, everybody.